the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Welcome Network. Welcome Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Talking stock markets. Anything that you want me to talk about, I'll take a shot at it. And use my analytical skills as best I can. Apple could be used as a bargaining chip now in the trade war. So says media reports out of China. (laughs) You go after a trillion dollar company, we'll send nukes at you. Or we'll start paying attention or something, right? The trade war, the tariff tax war. Let's cut Americans taxes, corporate taxes, and let's tax other countries. Or let's even up the trade side. It's going to be interesting. Tonight there's an election. And, or today there's an election. It's funny how sometimes I don't even know what we're saying, right? And this will give us a proxy on how are things setting up for the fall elections. Tight races in Tuesday's elections provide a critical test for the GOP's midterm chances. You see Ohio's 12th district holding a pivotal special election where Democrat Daniel O'Connor is going to try to beat Republican Troy Balderson for a seat that the GOP has held for decades. Elsewhere, you're going to see voters in Missouri, Kansas, Washington, Michigan pick nominees for the key Senate, House, and gubernatorial races. And you get some handful of races in the Midwest, which are going to test whether Democratic voters there are embracing progressive policies. And then it's on. Right after this, it's on like Donkey Kong all the way to the midterm elections. I'm not a big fan of seeing Tim Cook run around and be all active and things like that. As a CEO, I think he has done a great job and created a ton of wealth. But man, is he goofy in public appearances. Something that's magical and enriches people in some way. Oh, good God, did he just really say that? It's magical and reaches you? Is it the AirPods? Is it the iPhone? Because I'll tell you what, as soon as the iPad cures hemorrhoids, I'm getting one. But not awesome. for that moment. Apple's benefited from the cheap labor out of China. 
and they've benefited from a very strong supply chain in China. I've got a good friend who goes to China on a regular basis, and he says, at least it's not Montana, but it's China. You know why? Because that's where the cheap labor is. That's where the factories are. So the U.S. firm should share the money with Chinese citizens, according to China, as they're ratcheting up the trade tensions with tariffs. So Apple's worth a trillion dollars. And I was thinking the other day, I was in the bathroom, not on the toilet, but I was in the bathroom, maybe brushing my teeth or flossing. And um, by the way, I do the floss dance when I floss my teeth. Apple's benefited from that cheap labor. And I, I was thinking to myself of, how many employees has Apple made millionaires? It's crazy. I own shares of Apple. And there was an opinion piece out of China that said Apple made $9.6 billion in revenues in China in the June quarter. And that helped them hit that $1 trillion valuation. Now, China's saying, you know, Donald Trump, you, you want a bargain. You want an art of the deal. Here's an art of the deal. We realize that you're making, your country's making a lot of money from Apple. And we realize that, yes, even though Apple gives us jobs, that it ain't balanced correctly. You could probably say the same thing about Nike and some of their shoes. That they're manufactured overseas. Why? Because they can't be manufactured in the United States for as, much, uh, for as little money. Apple's been broadly insulated from the trade war so far. So Trump told CEO Tim Cook in June that levies would not be tied towards iPhones. So it's interesting to note the, art, uh, the article in the People's Daily Chinese newspaper claimed that Chinese companies in Apple supply chain only get 1.8% of the total profits created by the flagship device. And again, do you now see how complicated and how messy things can get? What if they throw a 25% tariff? What if they say sending it back to your country is going to cost you more? So there's that kind of drama that's going on today on Wall Street. There's also a brand new TV venture starring Meg Whitman. I'm personally a fan of, would you please retire Meg Whitman? I know she's got great experience as a CEO. But it seems like a lot of things that she touched fall apart, and that bothers me. I guess she did okay at eBay, but HP, it feels kind of like sad. So Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman have raised $1 billion for media and tech heavyweights for a new mobile streaming venture. So they're getting in front of the media and saying, we got this new product that we're going to launch called New TV. They'll probably change the name, let's hope. Maybe not. It is what it says it is, right? Disney, Fox, NBC, Universal, and Alibaba are all amongst investors. Disney, Fox, and NBC Universal. Now, first things first, you got to go, wait, isn't there something called Hulu that has a lot of these guys? $1 billion in finance for a new video streaming service led by X Hewlett Packard's Enterprise CEO, Bank Whitman, and X Walt Disney Studios Chairman Jeffrey Katzenberg. It's going to be called New TV. It's going to access the best talent and intellectual property for the next era of entertainment. We've talked recently about Roku. We've talked about Apple. We've talked about streaming. We've talked about the music industry, Spotify, Apple, and um, Amazon Music Services potentially starting to sign artists. This is another further sign that ABC, NBC, CBS, Terrestrial 
I know it's, it's crazy to even think that terrestrial. The guys that have the TV signals that beam into your home, they're going to struggle. Fox, Katzenberg and the investors, which include Fox, Viacom, Sony Pictures, Lionsgate, and GM, are banking on an untapped audience that craves high-quality content designed for smartphones and tablets. See, the problem is everything on TV, everything on Hulu and Netflix, not Netflix, on Hulu, is designed for TVs because they're just taking the TV content and dumping it onto a streaming service. So a new TV series is going to cost about $5 million to $6 million per hour with individual episodes that run about 15 minutes. I know you're saying, okay, we're going to get into 15-minute movies and TV shows? Yeah. Why not? With new TV, it's going to give consumers a user-friendly platform built for mobile that delivers the best stories created by the world's top talent. I'm like, okay. Taylor Swift, come on in. Shake it off. If you're Comcast, shake it off. If you're Viacom, shake it off. Fox, Disney, Alibaba. These are going to be opportunities for you. These are going to be opportunities. Elsewhere out there in the world of tech and stocks and everything, buying momentum after yesterday's victory in five straight weekly gains for the S&P 500. You're seeing some outperformance of growth-sensitive groups. There's a big bullish feel out there, whether you're a tech stock or an energy stock and materials or financials, things that grow in a growing economy. Doing well today. On the flip side, what was once defensive stocks helping the market are starting to get weak. Real estate, utilities, and consumer staples. Little REM, little REM. I was listening to little REM yesterday. They're on my some of my playlists. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I feel fine. Six o'clock, TV hour, don't get caught in four towers, slice and burn, return, listen to yourself churn. Locking in, uniform and book, burning blood, letting every motive escalate, automotive generate, light a candle, light a book. sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You know a stock that I like? I don't own, but I like and I can see myself owning it. It's the anti-Amazon. Everything I feel like I buy from Amazon is Probably in 22 million other people's homes. But Etsy, every time I buy something from Etsy, I feel like I got something handcrafted for me. They make, they're the seller of handmade and vintage products, and they're a big winner right now. Business model's pretty solid. They're curating holidays so that I can go and feel like, let's get something cool for the family that's all 4th and July-y. Or all Christmassy, or all Thanksgiving. 
Now I can go and get the generic stuff from Amazon, cheap. Or if I want something that's cutesy, it's Etsy. Handmade and vintage products, big winner, winner, chicken dinner. They showed a lot of confidence as they've talked to Price Hike from a commission perspective or commission hike. They've talked about a monthly subscription fee that they're going to charge. Very, very confident play coming out of the executives over at Etsy. The biggest challenge for the entire space is is valuations, not can they survive against Amazon. So sometimes these valuations get lofty, but then again we go, they're going to survive Amazon. Earlier I was talking about Amazon potentially buying in gas stations or putting gas stations in warehouses. Talked about a little bit like maybe Walmart buy some like a Roku to try to get into streaming to stay relevant with Walmart, uh, Amazon. Etsy's up 100 plus percent in the first half of 2018. That's a lot. <laughs> like, do you see how it's not like its business is hurting, but its valuation is problematic? I hope that's problematic for you on some level. Because otherwise, we're not, we're not in the same world. So will Apple be used as a bargaining chip with China? Will Rick Gates bring down Paul Manafort? Will Paul Manafort bring down Donald Trump? Lots of questions that we don't have answers to. To say the least, right? Now, I don't think, and again, this is just me trying to use my history... I don't think China's going to mess with Apple. It's a very scratch each other's backs kind of relationship. But I want you to use extreme caution when approaching all investing. Yesterday we learned that Ender Nui is going to step down at PepsiCo. And sadly we see, I thought she was amazing as a CEO. Um, she communicated their vision. Awesome. But women CEOs make up just 5% of the S&P 500. Unacceptable. They're just top 11%. They're top earners in just 11% of the S&P 500 companies. They hold only 21% of the board seats. Looking around, you're going to see a lot of women. This is unacceptable. In S&P 500 companies, they make up only 44.7% of the total employees. That seems more broad-based. Still off, but broad-based. Now, as Indernui steps down, we're going to see other female CEOs from companies like Campbell Soup a little bit more. Denise Morrison from Hewlett-Packard. Irene Rosenfeld from Mondelez. Success or failure starts at the top, in my opinion. And uh, it's always sad for me to say, you know, time to say goodbye to a very successful, very good CEO. So under her reign, the stock did well, and she came up with a product. She got into China more. Very, very, very strong. So tonight you're going to see a little bit of Disney action. It's a world of magic. It's a world of fear. 
Which one is it? Walt Disney shareholders have voted to approve the company's bid to buy 21st Century Fox. As they announce third quarter earnings tonight, we're going to hear a lot about 20th Century Fox. Cable Networks, FX, National Geographic, Star India, 39% stake in British Pay TV. When is Star Wars Land coming? When is the new Cars feature opening? Blah, 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 blah. We're going to hear all of this about Disney. What the heck is Disney uh, ESPN Plus? When is your new service going to roll out? They're going to spend $100 million on a 10-episode Star Wars series for the family-oriented service. It's going to feature new series, including spinoffs of High School Musical and Pixar's Monsters, Inc. Disney told the Times most of the series would cost about 25 to $35 million to produce. So they're getting into some hyper-small programming that complements their big national movie rollouts. We're going to hear a lot about Disney. It's a good conference call. You're going to hear a lot about streaming and topics like that. If you've never heard a conference call, consider it. In my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Hmm. Let's see if there's anything that's jumping out. Star Wars streaming series, $100 million. Would you get the service just because of that? CBS has tried it with a streaming service for Star Trek. So they've got a new Star Trek that's just on stream. And now CBS is coming up with another streaming-only show. Guess who they're going to get to come back? Guess, who, guess who's going to be at the star of their show? Guess, guess, guess. I can't tell you. Jean-Luc Picard. Now, I've never actually seen an episode of Jean-Luc Picard and his USS Enterprise. The Starfleet officer who has this just amazing voice. He's going to reprise his role. Patrick Stewart. I know you're saying, doesn't he die at some point in life? <laughs> or in the movies or something, right? Trekkies rejoice. Get your tribbles ready. Patrick Stewart reprising his beloved role as Jean-Luc Picard for a new CBS All Access series set for the fall of 2019. He's 78 years old. He has to wait a whole another year to be in a CBS all-access series. Man, let's hope he doesn't die between now and then, because average man lives to 76, and he's at 78. TV reboots, TV revivals. They're going to do a Frasier. You know it's coming. A couple of those people have died, though, I think. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. 
Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Let's run through some content and ideas. Sorry. Um, gas stations. Sorry. Would you ever want to invest in a gas station? People are going to get gas and they're going to come in and say, can I use your toilet? I like a soda. No sales. You know, there's never, you know, disc weather. Anyway. Amazon and gas stations. First of all, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Amazon and Whole Foods. Amazon and gas stations. Could gas stations work? talking earlier about Walmart buying Roku as a way of competing with Amazon. Potentially. It's not a bad thought if they want to get into media and compete. But how about gas stations? Would anyone want to buy a gas station? Amazon's pursuing a lot of markets and a lot of business opportunities. So they have to sit there and go, what's going to get us to a trillion dollars? What can we disrupt? The healthcare industry? They're starting to do that. They're thinking about it. Then what's next? Travel. I bet you there's going to be a play there soon. And they're looking for things that they can pull off a billion plus dollars. Apparel. Ding, ding, ding. Pharmacy. Ding, ding, ding. Professional services. Got it. Ding, ding, ding. Stores and retail, ding, 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 grocery, ding, ding, ding. The areas where they need to go right now, in my opinion, that's a big trillion dollar, greater than trillion dollar market opportunity is travel and gasoline. Why you say gasoline? It doesn't make sense. Every Friday, I drive by a Costco and I hate Costco. I hate everything about it. But I use Costco for their travel services. I use Costco for their tires. And I use Costco for their gasoline. Do you see where I'm starting to go at with us? At some point in time, Amazon could get in this pretty darn easily. Just even putting gasoline near its warehouses for both their trucks and for you. Why not? Amazon could provide prime subscriber discounts that could expand its data collection. Learn more and more about you when you're driving. Amazon could also follow Costco's model for travel deals, offering discounts for cruises, rental cars, and vacations. Typically, Costco doesn't save me money on a vacation until it's a trip to Hawaii. So tickets, hotel, and then it's like a free rental car. It's not that much. It doesn't change my life that greatly. I'll stop and look. Amazon could sell... Consumers not only the airline tickets and hotel accommodations, but everything that you need for your trip, too. Have you ever gone to Hawaii and gone, oh, I wish I brought my baby wipes? <laughs> and it's the weird part is you don't even have a baby, right? It would be easy to roll that up into their business. Roll up is a funny idea. I know you're saying, I like fruit roll ups. I'm not talking about fruit roll ups, but I could because they're delicious. But uh, some trash companies have rolled up businesses in the past, like waste management. 
Now, they did it kind of differently. And I like waste management in large part because there's not a lot of competitors to get into the trash industry. One man's trash is another man's investment is what I've always liked to say. And now you're saying, Rob, you've never said that. How waste management. Say that? I know. I do have that twang to me, don't I? Uh, what I like about waste management, changing the business, changing the conversation here ever so slightly, is that they've got 20 million residential, industrial, municipal, commercial customers. I have no interest in getting into this. And it's tough to get into that business. You have to, make, you have to get permits. You have to, get to make relationships with cities. They've got 250 owned or operated landfills. That's the industry's largest network. They've got more than 300 transfer stations. They've got over 100 material recovery facilities. Please, people, sort your trash. It's not asking too much. If you're so lazy as to put a bottle in your recycling, or a, then you're doing well. If you're putting a bottle in your trash, you're not doing well. That's right, Jack. Now, the revenues are never going to be that much. You know, and That's not going to be the story. But the operating cash is, and again, this is not for everyone, because it'll work advisor for fame action on any stocks mentioned. One man's trash is another man's investment. But what I was talking about was Amazon, I do believe, before I got massively sidetracked. And potentially they getting into travel and gasoline. More so in restaurants, sure, could happen. Pharmacy, that's going to expand. But these are trillion-dollar businesses, business models. And, uh, you know, I get my batteries from Amazon. I know you're saying, really? I know, right? Right? Are you with me or against me? Got to choose a side. This is a civil war. So, changing topics. I'm not going to talk stocks all day long. On occasion, I want to talk about teachers. Teachers are the most amazing people on the planet. When I was a young man, I wanted to marry a teacher. I think I dated one or two teachers, but didn't marry a teacher. But that's okay. I move on. I won't dwell on my, my dark psychology. But teachers and your children, I feel bad for teachers. I remember, I know, I, I, the teacher I dated, one of her good friends taught maybe third or fourth grade. And she would buy, like, bikes for her kids for Christmas. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And she was single, and she was kind of elderly. I know you're saying, Rob, don't, don't say something stupid. But she was, like, 45 and not married. And a teacher in the Bay Area, and she's buying bikes. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. She's got to be going negative cash. And she was. And that's kind of sad. The combined total for back-to-school and college spending is estimated to hit $82 billion. And it grows every year. And typically you think about parents and how they have to, you know, oh, my kid grew over the summer. Uh, not one size shoe, but two size shoes. You can't get away. I mean, some of the hand-me-downs ain't going to work. You can go to Goodwill. You can save money on clothes. You can get a lot of the basics at Old Navy and do okay. But you know when it stinks is when teachers dig into their wallets. Educators... In areas with higher levels of poverty, they, they tend to spend for their kids. And I love teachers. And one of the best things you can do if you have a kid in school is the first day, ask the teacher, is there anything you need? A lot of teachers use what are called the giving tree. 
And then it's their way of saying we need, and they'll put on the tree like things like paper supplies and pencils and uh, art supplies and globes and things that they may need, right? And then as a parent walks in on the first couple of weeks of school, you grab one and say, I'll do this one. But a lot of people don't do that. Teachers do get a $250 tax deduction, but it's not a dollar for dollar reimbursement on what they spend. It reduces taxable income. And the fact that this is even an issue tells you our schools are massively under budget. Teachers use their own money on classroom supplies to the tune of how much money per year? Is it greater than $450 or less than $450? What do you think? Teachers from K through 12 use their own money for classroom supplies at the tune of what? Over $450 or less than $450? And the answer is over. Hmm. So there is a tax deduction that they could use, but again, not dollar for dollar. Um, and every now and then, like, you turn on the television. I turned on the telly, and I saw the teachers were striking. The public's showing that we need to invest in more teachers when you say see teachers striking. I work at a television news station. And when we show you strikes, we're trying to say editorially, these guys aren't paid enough. When you see nurses strike, we're kind of saying the media is saying, here's an editorial. We don't have to cover any story, but that's one that, that hits people. So instead of letting teachers eat it, please, parents of means, help these people out. Or, <laughs> Sister Mary Elephant, class. Sister Mary Elephants was great. That's one of the very first comedy albums I ever heard. Cheech and Chong. She'd go, class, class, class. And then she goes, shut up. And that's one of the lessons in comedy writing. Is sometimes you have to repeat things to emphasize that something funny is about to come. The whole class, class, class. And then a teacher screaming, shut up, who's considered a, a nun, a sister Mary elephant, right? It's just like Jilly on Saturday Night Live. Gilly. The teacher will say, Gilly, did you throw pencils at the kid in front of you? Now. And then he'll go, Gilly. 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 And then she'll say, Sorry. And that's the comedy magic. Sometimes it's all about the repetition, my friends. The setup is all about repetition. I know you're saying, Rob, you should teach a master class in comedy. Do you know how much interest I have in doing anything else other than what I'm currently doing? None. My next project is to sit on my couch and eat corn chips and watch television. But it's not going to be cable television. It's going to be through a Roku. <laughs> See how I tried to tie all this together? I need a corn chip sponsor. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. A little Debbie, a little Weezer taking us to break. Happy summertime.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. started using Napster and stealing music and you justified it by saying well I would have bought that Weezer album but it only had seven songs out of eight that I liked and I'm not paying for that or you'd be like whoa I did buy an album once and only had one good song and nine bad ones whoa so people started to justify it and I throw that out there for you because I love you. A lot of people find it hard to get by. And what I'm here to tell you is I get it. And I'll tell you what, when you're young, you don't need a lot to get by. You can have couch, you have corn chips and Netflix, a loved one. You don't need to take to red rocks. You don't need to go to Hawaii. You don't need to go to Toronto museum of, of, of hockey. <laughs> You're saying, I want to go to the Museum of Hockey. Me too. But, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going for at this point in time. Um, when you're young, you can basically entertain yourselves with your young bodies that are, like, loving and sweet and athletic and go for walks. And, you know, when you're older, your, your hips are going to be, like, hurting. You're going to be like Shakira. Oh, my hips don't lie. They hurt. And you're not going to want to go for a walk. Why? So, my goal is to try to get people to think more about money. And, you know, the first place you were when you stole a song, you kind of made some justifications. I think it's a normal thing that people do. And I get it. 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 One area that we're seeing come roaring back was from the time of Napster when you were stealing music. You saw a lot of the music labels go down. You saw a lot of radio stations go down like hard. And where I'm going out with that is to say that it's changed. I'm not saying it's time to steal again because of the streaming services, but people are stealing again. And this time it's from the artists and it's the labels in my opinion. Recording artists get just 12% of the $43 billion that the music industry generates. That's not a big cut. Now, again, it takes a lot of money to press a CD, but we're not pressing CDs like we used to. It takes a lot of money to put an artist in. It takes a lot of money to put an artist in, you know, uh, in big stores, right? Consumer spending on music generated an all-time high of more than $20 billion last year. See, we're spending on music generated. Now, again, wait, wait. Now, that's 12% of $43 billion. Okay, so let's start figuring this out. You get the music business. You get the labels. You get the publishers. The publishers took in the labels and the publishers, another $10 billion. Artists just got $5.1 billion of that. So doing the math, the $43 billion the music industry is generating hits a 12-year peak that the industry hasn't seen since 2006 portion of total music the revenue of artists are catching um, has actually risen since 2000 
They just took home 7% of the revenue back in 2000. Now they're taking 12%. Do we feel good for them? Do we feel bad for them? Are they still getting the smallest piece of pie? I love pie. I want at least 51% of an apple cinnamon pie. I want that to grow. Don't Don't want it to shrink. Now, artists are doing better because of the growth in concerts and touring as a revenue stream that is largely distinct from their music label, uh, distinct from the intermediary. So artists have to now tour. And what's interesting about it is it's that little dumb thing in your hand that changed the world of music. A lot of people look at the music industry in three ways, pre-internet, and you can just see massive growth until 2000. And then pre-smartphone, things weren't going great. Post-smartphone, they're, gro- they're doing quite nice. And it's worthy of note. Pre-internet, pre-smartphone, post-smartphone. That's how the music industry is now defined. Currently, artists are at the end of the line as far as the piece of pie that they get. But it's still pie. So is it time to invest in the, the record labels again? I don't know. I did that story as a way of saying Apple and Amazon could now directly appeal to Kanye West. Kanye West, President of the United States, 2020. Who will be his running mate is the question. And will you not want to see those debates I would want to see those debates. I would tune in for those. Ratings would go much higher. Um, But Amazon and Apple could and should get into publishing. Because you know what they can say to the artists? You give us something exclusive for our streaming, and you could have more of the money. And that's something that would have to scare the record industry. Another disruptor. Apple, Amazon, Spotify. And you will see exclusive deals struck. And down the road, you will see them become music publishers. In my opinion, I could be wrong. Soderbergh would advise me to take action on any stocks ever been on the show. Sorry, if you ever make a mistake and lose money. That's not my goal. I'm not buying stocks for you. You're supposed to do your own homework. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, I'm Rob Black. If you don't have a budget, get a budget. Start growing up adulting. Use Mint.com to start. Use LearnVest. Use any budgeting tool you can have. Take a look at your restaurants. Take a look at your music services. Take a look at your cable TV. I want you to retire wealthy with me. I want you to buy me a pina colada in retirement. Not some Bud Light beer. I know you're saying, did you want a pina colada? No, I don't want a pina colada. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Like making big mistakes. I feel like for the first time in a long time, I am not a... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.